pursue your purpose, speak your truth, deal with adult bullies, cope with failure, live beyond fear, establish values, set boundaries, move past trauma. These are all the themes in my Amazon bestseller, The Smart Girls Handbook. Tribers get in close. For 15 years, I have been searching for a book that didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl, have you been begging me for a book for years? Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding. The press has been phenomenal and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book, but our book. I realised after my talks around the world, women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away, but to have a tangible source to have forever. And this is it. This is refreshing, never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at smartgirltribe and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Hello Smart Girls, Happy New Year. I promised last year that I would be a lot more open on the podcast, that I would share more of my life because you want to get to know me more. I am still going to be interviewing because it is something I love to do, but I'm really excited for the Smart Girl Tribe podcast to evolve. Now, last November, I posted an episode called How I Changed My Self-Image and it has received such amazing feedback, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I recorded that episode in June last year, really when I was starting to embark on this journey. I would highly recommend going to listen to that episode, but in summary, I shared that in February last year, I had a minor operation and then after seven days after that, I had a major operation, which didn't exactly go according to plan. But the recovery period after, which was three months, gave me a lot of time to figure out who I wanted to be on the other side of the operation. And in that episode, I shared the questions I started asking myself and the changes I started to make because quite quickly people were commenting on how I had changed and that I was also just glowing on social media but then also in real life as well so I wanted to share that with you but now I want to share what my life looks like after almost committing to changing my self-image for six whole months. I never sat there and thought I'm going to change my self-image and this is exactly what I'm going to do. It was more that when I woke up, I after this op, and I was sitting there, all I kept thinking was how did I 
get here? And what do I have to do to make sure that I'm never here again? Because it was caused as a result of stress and anxiety. The recovery was really long. It was three months in total. So I had a lot of time to figure out exactly what got me there. And that's when I started changing things. And slowly but surely, every area of my life was suddenly impacted and just got a whole lot better. Everything you do, whether it's positive or negative, is affirming the set of beliefs that you have about yourself. So the narrative that you have about yourself. And the only way you can change either yourself or your circumstances really is by taking action to a degree, because of course, there are some horrific tragedies in the world and pains and hurt, which you can't manage and you can't, you're not in control of. I will say that maybe, this is one thing I said in the last podcast episode, if you're successful in one area of your life, but you're looking at another area of your life that isn't so great, you're probably holding on to the belief that you're not worthy of achieving that particular thing, or you're not the type of person to have those things. I shared in the other podcast episode, in the first episode, that particularly as women, a lot of the time something that is promoted is if you want to reinvent yourself or change yourself, then go and get a new haircut or a new outfit. And I would say that society supports that idea, but it really takes so much more. You have to look inward. Prior to making these changes, I was quite a stressed worker and I would say that I was comfortable. I was achieving and the book certainly provided me more opportunities, yet I think subconsciously I was holding on to certain beliefs that were holding me back, that were preventing me from levelling up. And prior to making these changes... I was in a lot of boundaryless relationships with different people. I was happy, but looking back, I wouldn't say I was necessarily pushing myself or taking any big risks. I think like so many of us as well, to a certain degree, the pandemic had a huge impact on the way that we are living because so many of us started staying indoors almost by default and not traveling as much, not asking ourselves those big questions. The steps I took when I started asking myself who do I want to be on the other side of this recovery was I started creating vision boards, so Pinterest boards on my phone, saved albums on Instagram, and I really just journaled well, pretty much every day asking myself, what do I need to do to become that person, to become super scarlet and the who's the best version of me? So diving into some of the very specific things I talked about in the first episode. Firstly, as I shared, I have never considered myself emotionally resilient enough to work in politics, even though it's a field I perhaps would have liked to or would like to be in one day. 
I have worked in politics a little. In 2018, I was invited to speak at the Houses of Parliament. I have worked with 5050 Parliament, and I am also a delegate for the United Nations. But I just asked myself, who do I need to be and what do I need to do to be more present in this industry if I would like to pursue this industry? And I'm not going to completely share what that journey has looked like, but I can honestly say that for six months I have been connecting with an array of female politicians and I have been offered a role in that industry. Now, I am sitting with it. I am working out what that would mean and what it would look like, but that's what happened. You know, I was sitting there for so long thinking, even at times subconsciously, but other people would tell me this as well, that I wasn't emotionally resilient enough to work in politics. And then when I started putting myself out there more, doing the research and reading the books, really looking into this industry, I started realising more and more, or actually becoming more aware of the skills that I do have to offer, which arguably are better than being emotionally resilient and the consequence of thinking like that for six months has meant that I have now been offered a position in that industry. So we will see what happens there. It's something that came to me. I received that phone call so there is definitely power in journaling, manifesting, because at the end of the day, all of this is really manifesting who you want to be and what you want to do. But rather than me saying, go and lie on a bed and listen to a manifestation or a guided visualization, I'm saying, okay, here are some tangible ways you can manifest your dream life or the person you would like to be. And then the next thing, I mentioned on the podcast was I was living without boundaries prior to my operation. Now, not completely. In the Smart Girls Handbook, I do talk about instilling boundaries and how to have those uncomfortable conversations. But I do honestly think that our relationship with boundaries is always going to be changing and evolving as we grow. And I really started setting boundaries, enforcing them. I started saying this is where you end and I begin because the truth is one of the beliefs I have always held dear to me conscious and subconscious which has created a lot of anxiety and stress in my life and ultimately ultimately pushed me into hospital was that I am someone who is so capable of forgiveness that I would never overly think about the consequence of having loose boundaries it didn't matter to me if I was being let down four or 14 times I would always forgive the other person even if they had crossed one of my boundaries if you like so what has it looked like then being committed to enforcing boundaries for six months well it looks like a breakup that was May last year it has also meant a losing one of my best friends. It has meant looking at people and saying, I can forgive you and I will forgive you. But after being disappointed and let down so many times, I'm now choosing to honour myself instead. Boundaries, I have come to understand, are really the rules that you create around your own behaviour. So your boundary is your reaction to something. 
it's not saying you're toxic and unhealthy because ultimately at the end of the day we can't control how other people act it's just saying this is how I'm going to react and going forward I'm going to be policing my own behavior it wasn't about the person I was with or my best friend it was really about me and how I needed to start respecting my reactions enough and it is about standing up for yourself having a conversation or unfortunately walking away having boundaries and enforcing them really is about self-love and caring for yourself so this is what my life looked like before the operation my book had been published the podcast was top rated everything was going really well. I was on television as a TV commentator, but my operation was a defining moment because as much as I had this wonderful, lovely life, I didn't have boundaries. I wasn't exploring further work, I called it politics, but really in a humanitarian capacity more so because for me, I do a lot of humanitarian work But working in politics, for me, has always been the ultimate table to sit at if you want to make real change. And I wasn't living completely on my terms. And what I mean by that is I grew up abroad. I speak multiple languages. And as a result of my work over the years, I have been able to work abroad and travel all of the time. But one of my dreams has always been to move to Paris to spend a significant amount of time there as I have done in Barcelona, New York and Rome. So what does six months changing things look like? Well I booked the flight for so many years prior to that. I held on to the belief that if I wanted it to work, if I wanted my career to work, I needed to be based in the UK and since booking that flight and being there, I have come to understand that I was holding on to that belief, to that narrative, but it's not true. Just because you tell yourself something doesn't mean that it's true. You need to almost dig deeper. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that it has been a wild ride in Paris. I have been going to Fashion Week. I have been invited to Paris Fashion Week for five plus years, but again, I have held on to that belief that, oh, if I'm there and I'm not here in England, that everything could collapse because it's the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. But I finally said yes. And not only did I say, yes, I'm coming, but at the first show I attended, I was wearing a beautiful Balmain dress and it just didn't seem like my life. And then at the after party, I got to meet the cast of Emily in Paris. Within a week of being there, I accidentally walked through the filming of season three in Emily in Paris, and I got to watch Lily Collins act out some scenes, which I've seen this show since they did make it. And that was just incredible. I have met the most amazing friends. And I like to think that by cutting off the ones who just aren't aligned with you anymore, you can make space for those who truly are aligned with who you are becoming. Because I genuinely couldn't now imagine my life without the friends I 
have met this previous year or since Feb last year, so almost a year. You know, I have danced on a rooftop overlooking the Eiffel Tower to La Vie en Rose. I have been on the back of a moped going around Paris at sunset. I have attended a Chanel fashion auction and I have had champagne at the Eiffel Tower with someone I met that very day. I have been to the Rodin Museum and seen Monet's water lilies. It has just been the most exciting wonderful ride and your ideal life may look completely different to that but then I'd have to ask you what is your Paris because for me making these changes and living like this has honestly had such a domino effect I have never been healthier or in better shape my career as well started to shift once I became more and more aligned with who I am I have been book touring for a whole six months. I have been touring around Switzerland. I have done that twice now. As in last summer, I went uh, back and forth between Switzerland to book tour. My book has been chosen as WH Smith's book of the month and UN Women's book of the month. I mean, in fact, I even had a book signing at Waterstones in London where I was interviewed by the UN. And that was the very Waterstones I used to go to in my lunch break when I graduated. And I accepted a PR position. It was a very prestigious position, but I was completely miserable. My entire life has really changed for the better this year. And that was another moment when I realised how far I've probably, I have come because I left that PR position after three weeks because I was so sad and I was so miserable. And then that's when I booked a flight to New York. And it, it, you know, this year, everything has just had a domino effect. And I look back prior to this operation, I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I really want to change my life and I want to be such a different person. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm not happy where I am. I was really happy, but this operation almost for me was like a slap in the face because it was a moment or I was given a moment where I could sit and not everyone is funnily enough in this kind of privileged position to have some time to think, okay, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want to go back to how stressed I was? Do I want to go back to feeling that anxious? Do I want to go back to these boundaryless relationships, whether that be with a man or with my best friend? And it was really then when I started journaling, I actually realized how much I needed to change if I wanted to grow. I, I think everything had just become a little bit stagnant I had become very comfortable because things were going well and I was with someone I was completely in love with and, you know, my best friend who I had known for years, It's it was hard. It was a hard punch in the gut, if you like. It really made me wake up because also in other ways as well, when I had my operation realising who actually wasn't there for me at all and it was very sad so yes it took this moment to realize okay do I want to go back to that the answer is no so if I don't want to go back to that what do I have to do to almost level up and change because you have to hold yourself responsible because only you and you are and you alone are responsible for your life there is a season for everything so you may be listening to this thinking well I'm in this season where I can't make changes, but start with the small steps. I never set out to book a flight 
you know, one-way flight to Paris. I never set out to attend all of these fashion shows. I never set out to get healthier or fitter. I never set out to suddenly change my relationships with people. Everything just happened very slowly and very gradually. And it's so funny because in the other podcast episode I mentioned, and I even said it the beginning of this one, that we kind of support this idea, you know, that, oh, if you want to change something, if you want to reinvent yourself as a woman, go and buy a new outfit. You know, how many makeovers have you seen in films or on TV shows? Or go and change your hair. And actually, that's been a very natural consequence for the moment, because I'm sure I will change again at some point. It feels very authentic to me to be a brunette. So now I'm darker and my wardrobe has naturally changed so I'd say you don't necessarily need to set out and change everything all at once and you don't need to make any rash decisions. I would also say though it could potentially mean for some of you listening that you need to make that rash decision. If something is coming into your head now and you're thinking this is the thing I need to change, this is the relationship I need to leave, this is the uncomfortable conversation I need to have, then go and have it. Don't stall any longer. Don't wait. All I can say is this year, if I could tell myself last year anything, or if I went back and I could go back in time and talk to Scarlett of last year and say, this is where you're going to be a year from now, she would have laughed at me. She never ever would have believed it because everything has changed in my life. Sincerely, everything. My entire life has changed and all for the better and I just really want to urge anyone listening to ask yourself where do you want to be and who do you want to be and what would it take to get there what decisions do you need to make to get there what action do you need to take to get there don't let it take an operation or the equivalent in your life to change your way of thinking because that's what it is ultimately changing your mentality and your approach. For me, it took an operation to kickstart my life. Don't let it get to the equivalent. Don't let it take a divorce or a breakup or a job loss or a death to change how you have been living. Decide how you want to be living and act accordingly. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett B. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organisation, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.